fellow Southerners, welcome in to a brand new edition of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. I'm your host, John Rawl, on this Tuesday. Hope your Tuesday's rip-roaring along. And we're going to have a fun show today. We'll be talking lots of cooking with Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. He'll be on an hour or two, and we'll have to see what he's got up his old cooking sleeve here on the show. And, more importantly, where does the barrister have us going this week? You know, the last couple of times he's been on here, he's picked a different state in the South, and we focused on, let's see, we went to Alabama, and we went in Alabama to Big Bob Gibson's Barbecue in Decatur, where they have white sauce, and then we also went to Dreamland Barbecue in Tuscaloosa. Recently, we went to Maryland. He found a place that does beef steak, I think it's what it's called, in Baltimore. And we, of course, talked about crab cakes. You can't help but talk about crab cakes when you discuss Maryland. And we also recently went to Louisiana. I know we went there. And, of course, we focused on some Memphis barbecue. So we, we're covering all the bases with the barrister. And we'll have to see where we go next with him on this week's show. Perhaps, just guessing, since North Carolina's been in the news, there might be a chance he might be focusing on the old North State this week. They could use a lot of attention in a positive light as they've been really hit hard. South Carolina was hit hard too, but North Carolina so, so much devastation and it continues with Florence moving through that state. We've got an update on that momentarily. Stay tuned. We've got a way for you to help out. Please consider a donation to the American Red Cross. We've got the info on that in just a second. But we've got the barrister coming up on today's show. We'll look around sports. There was a football game played last night in Chicago at Soldier Field. We'll have an update on that. Plus, our sports land yap. We'll look at other college football action from this past weekend, mostly from the smaller guys, the guys that don't get the front page every time. And, again, hey, how about the Troy Trojans going up to Nebraska and getting a big win this past weekend? We'll talk about the Trojans. We'll talk about FCS football. Across the southeast, we've got all that ahead in hour two in our sports lanyard. And later this hour, the first guest we had on, on the second show we ever had, he actually did a pre-taping with us, so we actually didn't have him live. We had to do it in advance. But it was Howie Morgan, political strategist and a great friend of mine. And Howie was on our show back in June when we first started and Howie has moved on from the y'all ranks. And this campaign consultant was on MSNBC last week. He was on Morning Joe featured as a kind of panel they did when they went on the road on Morning Joe to Oxford, Mississippi. And Howie traveled to Oxford from his home in Gulfport down on the coast and was a part of this panel. And we're going to actually hear this entire panel talking about President Trump and his impact today, 600 days after he was elected, in the state of Mississippi. And if you're not in Mississippi, this is, I believe, relevant in just about every single part of the South. Hearing voters, some of which voted for him, some of which voted against him, all part of a panel, and we heard this in a very red state of Mississippi, and we're going to play that, which was aired on Morning Joe on Friday of last week, later this hour, but we're also going to hear... Howie Morgan talked prior to that when he was on our sister show, Hotty Toddy Hotline, which here is in Mississippi. It is an old Miss sports show, 
and Howie was a guest on that this week. And so we're going to pull the audio of Howie talking about politics. He talks about the midterms. Since we have our political report often on Tuesdays on the Y'all Show, we'll kind of shift back to Howie Morgan and get his thoughts. Howie Morgan with the Election Impact Group coming on to talk about politics, and then he'll be part of a panel with Joe Scarborough of MSNBC on his show, Morning Joe, that was held last week. I think you'll find it very interesting. And you'll hear voices, I know two of which voted for Trump, two voted for Clinton, and one was a Johnson voter, and that would be Howie Morgan, of all people. So we'll we'll talk about that, and we'll have that audio coming up later this hour on the Y'all Show. Also want to remind you, tomorrow on the program, we're going to look at ACC football with Jonathan Lifite. We'll also scan the South for other headlines, and we'll have our country music spotlight. And we got a real super-duper value bonus for you on the Wednesday, y'all. Not only will we get to hear the great voice of Precious Harris and the Nashville Music Line with a report of what's going on in Music City, but we're going to have rising country music singer Karen Waldrop be our special guest. She is a Louisiana girl that was educated at Southern Miss in Hattiesburg and now has gone to Nashville, and she's making her mark. She's got a brand-new CD that's just coming out that we want to promote. In fact, we're going to hear the first single right now from that album that Karen Waldrop, this rising star, has released. And it is a beautiful track that I think you'll enjoy hearing. It's called Sometimes He Does, and this is Waldrop now. A little sample of that song on the Y'all Show. But I stay because Sometimes he does the brand new CD is called Justified from rising country music singer Karen Waldrop, and we'll have an interview with Karen on the Wednesday, y'all. So if you enjoyed that song, there's more of that coming on Wednesday, and we'll have an awesome interview with this beautiful, talented singer from the North Shore in Louisiana. She'll be our guest on the Wednesday, y'all. You don't want to miss it. Plus, we've got more stuff coming up later in the week. We'll have our spotlight on the SEC on Thursday. We'll look at books, and on Friday, we'll wrap it all up. So we've still got plenty of y'all action coming to you here this week. Now, let's look at what is going on across the region here to start our show. And, of course, Florence continues to be the story of the month thus far. And now, sadly, 32 people have lost their lives as a result of Florence coming ashore, the Carolinas, and now working its way along the eastern seaboard. Now listed as a tropical depression, hundreds of people have been injured. As we said, at least 32 people have been killed as a result of Florence throughout North Carolina, South Carolina. I know one person died in Virginia when a tornado came through just south of Richmond. Floods everywhere. It's one giant mess. In fact, North Carolina Governor Roy Cooper said Monday, quote, this is a monumental disaster for our state. This is an epic storm that is still continuing because the rivers are still rising. It's expected to dump maybe up to five inches more rain in central and southeastern North Carolina. And I know people in the state of North Carolina are ready for this thing to be well beyond them. And I know Wilmington was cut off. I think they've been able to finally get a a way for vehicles to get into Wilmington as it became an island as a result of all the flooding. And it's just one giant mess in Wilmington, a city of 117,000 people. But it is, it's just been a, a real mess. I mean, luckily, these people weren't 
really affected by giant high winds as it came ashore as a category one but as we know the area got flooded with the cape fear river coming through and i saw where that river is like 50 feet beyond its normal banks with water and more coming so a sad situation in north carolina with hurricane florence the Wilmington-based Cape Fear Public Utility Authority has urged residents to fill bathtubs with containers with water in case it doesn't have enough to fuel to keep its water treatment plants running. The county just north of Wilmington, Pender County, has already run out of fuel. I know I saw a report where gas for people to put in the generators and maybe to put in their cars too was such a premium in Wilmington that people were waiting 12 hours, 14 hours in line, lines to get gas at gas stations would be at least a half a mile long. It's like third world country stuff going on in Wilmington, a place that, again, as I've said, I was just in Wilmington in December. It was really my first time to go to Wilmington as an adult, as I went there as a child and visited the USS North Carolina battleship, but I don't remember it since I was less than 10 years old all that much. I, I do remember the North Carolina, though. That was quite a, an impressive thing they've got there in Wilmington, World War II battleship. But going back as an adult, just a few months before uh, before the hurricane came, I was there in December, and a lovely area. I can't imagine what it would be like during the summertime when it would be nice and you could go out to Wrightsville Beach and other attractions in the area. But even in December, Wilmington was a great place to visit and just a, a beautiful part of North Carolina. And I, I hope this gets behind them. And we want to encourage people to go to Wilmington and go to North Carolina, South Carolina as well, if you live beyond those states. Whenever they get back on their feet, and that'll happen real soon, please think about a vacation, especially if you're listening to us in areas where you generally go to the Gulf of Mexico on vacation. Maybe work in a, a trip over there this 2019. It is a great option. I, I, I'm a guy who grew up on that part of the South in that region, but as an adult, I've been mostly in the Gulf part of the South. And I know people in the states of Tennessee, Mississippi, Alabama, Arkansas, Texas, and beyond, they generally go to the Gulf of Mexico. They go to Destin. They go to Orange Beach. They go to other places in Florida, even to Galveston, for example, in Texas. But it, the Atlantic is a different thing, and especially in Myrtle Beach, the South Carolina coast, North Carolina coast. It's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It's, it's, and it's a different type of beach, but it's still just as cool and just as fun. And in fact, some areas over there have more to do, in my opinion, than some of the go Gulf Coast areas. So they need your help. And they're going to need people to come and, and benefit the local economy as soon as possible. It's too early now but maybe in the springtime. And we still want you to go to your Gulf Coast destination too. Maybe go down there like you normally do for a week, but if you can spare two, three, four days, also go to the Carolina coast and check out the great attractions, especially if you've never been. Don't be a hater. Go check it out. I think you'll genuinely enjoy it. It's different, but it has positives that you don't get at the Gulf. And then there's some negatives. Maybe it's not quite as pretty, the, the sand and all that, but you got a lot of surf, and it's really a true ocean experience. If you, if you ever, ever can get over there, I, I encourage it. And they need the help. So keep that in mind as Hurricane Florence in the news. Speaking of Governor Cooper, we mentioned his statement. He visited New Bern 
in North Carolina. New Bern is not on the ocean. New Bern's probably 30, 40 miles from the Atlantic, well inland. And it seems to be the place that's had the most damage and destruction with a lot of flooding going on. And he went to this town of 30,000 people. Uh, it's about 100 miles southeast of the state capital of Raleigh to view the damage as the Noose River left marks all over the area with its flooding. And this town has really, really been impacted hard. In fact, Newburn was once the North Carolina capital when in, in the colonial times. It was the capital of North Carolina. But Newburn, North Carolina, hometown of Pepsi-Cola, by the way. If you can do this, we encourage you to help out the victims of Hurricane Florence in the Carolinas, as well as other areas affected by this hurricane. You can go to redcross.org right now and help people affected by the hurricane and tropical storm and depression. Your donation will enable the Red Cross to prepare for, respond to, and help people recover from this natural disaster. And any amount is welcome, whether it's $50, $100, $250, up to $1,000. You can specifically donate to the Hurricane Florence Relief and help people affected by Florence. And they have an easy setup. You can pay through PayPal or a credit card, and it is a great way to give back at American Red Cross. Right now, go to redcross.org and consider a donation of any amount to assist in the victims of Hurricane Florence. Now, there's only one NFL team that represents that area. It's the Carolina Panthers, who fell in week two against the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. But on Monday, when the Panthers had their normal press conference in Charlotte, the head coach came out to the podium wearing a really nifty T-shirt. And his T-shirt had an outline of both North and South Carolina on it, and it had a message where the border between the two states is. Instead of having a line depicting a border, it actually had words, and those words spelled out the phrase, we share more than a state line. And now this T-shirt worn by Ron Rivera, head coach of the Carolina Panthers, is yours to purchase and support. And 100% of the effort goes back into helping the effort of Florence victims. The hashtag is Carolinas, and that's C-A-R-E-O-L-I-N-A-S. Hashtag Carolinas is how you can find out more about this shirt that is really, really neat. And again, going to help the victims as the shirt will go to both Carolinas. And this t-shirt effort is a partnership between the Carolina Panthers and the two tourism agencies in the state's Visit North Carolina and Discover South Carolina. So a really neat thing that Ron Rivera did. He likes to wear t-shirts anyway, and you'll often see him come out with a kind of nifty t-shirt on his weekly press conference. But on Monday, it kind of brought even more of a special meaning as this t-shirt designed by a company in Spartanburg named Recover Brands has this message. We share more than a state line. So a positive spin on this effort to help draw people to give money and support the Florence Relief. The website, by the way, is careolinas.com. Again, it's C-A-R-E-O-Linas, O-L-I-N-A-S.com. And other headlines from across the region. In Washington, D.C., it looks like on Monday of this coming week, Supreme Court nominee Judge Brett Kavanaugh will be in a committee hearing, and a woman that the other side opposing Kavanaugh for the Supreme Court 
is bringing a woman forward, and she, according to her conf- uh, a statement and, and a re- letter, anonymous letter she sent the other day, but she's now coming out. Christine Blasey Ford is her name, a research psychologist at Stanford University. She's coming out opposing his nomination because she said that as youngsters that Kavanaugh did something sexually inappropriate and a kind of a sexual assault, she claims. And this will be brought out in a meeting Monday at the Senate Judiciary Committee's hearing about Judge Kavanaugh and his effort to become a Supreme Court justice. And that's all over the news. Again, you can go to plenty of other places for more information on that. But this happened again when he was under 18 years old. I think they were both teenagers. Kavanaugh may have been 16 when this allegedly happened. He's denying it. And she claims that it did happen. And there'll be a big, big brouhaha when this testimony goes on next week on Capitol Hill. But again, Judge Kavanaugh and Christine Blasey Ford from California, she'll be saying that he had a sexual assault upon her when she was very young back in the 1980s. Now, my one peso of opinion here, there wasn't a rape alleged here. And they were both kids, and supposedly Kavanaugh may have been drinking at the time. I'm not saying that he's a lily white innocent, but I think there's a standard that we should all follow. We did stuff before we turned 18 years old that I bet you everybody listening to this has something in their background they're not overly proud of that they did when they were an idiot teenager. I can raise my hand and say that I'm guilty of that. And it's nobody else's business what it is because I think you're a different person when you're a kid versus when you turn 18, things change. Now, if you killed somebody at 15, 16, 17, now that's a different story. But if you did something nonviolent, you did something non, I mean, rape, if he raped her, then no, he, he should be not even considered for Supreme Court. But if this, this gets in a very gray area here. And we open ourselves up, even with the Me Too movement. Let's not convict people of something that they really didn't do or there's no proof of that. And on top of all of it, he wasn't even 18 years old. Okay? So if the best they can do is just come out with a smear campaign with no evidence and the fact that they were both youngsters. And, you know, as youngsters, you do st- you not only do dumb things, but you've got a lot of hormones raging. And perhaps that could have been part of the thought process going on if there was even anything going on so again you can tune in to many other places and get lots more analysis on what's going on with Kavanaugh and his accuser but we're going to move on to other headlines and this is a horrible headline coming from our border with Mexico as a U.S. Border Patrol supervisor has now been charged in the killings of four women women that he knew and Juan David Ortiz allegedly targeted them and some feared more deaths are still out there yet to be discovered from this former U.S. Border Patrol supervisor. And this happened around Laredo in South Texas. It's the horrible news from Webb County in Texas where Juan David Ortiz, on a $2.5 million bond now accused in the killing of at least, at least four women. And here is a guy that worked for our government and the U.S. Border Patrol, and these women, many believe, were sex workers, and he knew them before killing them. He left their bodies 
on rural Texas roadsides during a 10-day string of violence. Now, let's change the, the topic to a little bit more, I won't call cheerful, but a little bit more, what's up, man? <laughs> hey, man, we got a, a story here that's got to do with cannabis, so we're going to talk about it, dude. The Coca-Cola company in Atlanta says it is closely watching the growth of the use of non-psychoactive element of cannabis in wellness drinks. In a statement Monday, Coca-Cola said they are in talks with a Canadian cannabis company to create a Canada, this is a new one, cannabidol-infused beverage. And I may have butchered that, but that's a word in my 18-plus years, never seen anything written down before in my life. So, Coca-Cola may be getting into the cannabis beverage business. Okay, I'm going to leave that there. Now, more news from the state of Georgia when it comes to the old wacky weed. Police in Savannah say a woman was openly selling marijuana products during an event at a church there. Two arrests were made Friday during an event in which entrepreneurs were invited to set up booths and sell various items. All the other booths appeared to be operating legally, except one, as undercover narcotics agents bought edible marijuana products they said were being openly sold at one booth. Investigators said they followed 28-year-old Ebony Cooper to another location and ending up arresting her and 26-year-old Leah Presley on felony drug charges. It's unclear whether they have attorneys who could comment. Police said an outside vendor hosted the event on church grounds, and church officials were unaware of the illegal activity in Savannah, GA, where you can just go on a church ground and have a, instead of potluck, <laughs> a pot edible event. Oh, gosh. See, that's why when you start having this stuff become more and more commonplace, you're opening yourself up for lots and lots and lots of problems. In Jackson, Mississippi, a man in a wheelchair has now been charged with fatally shooting his mother, his grandmother, and a sister during a Sunday morning shooting spree in Jackson. The police department in Jackson said that Maurice Fort, who's 22 years old, is now facing three counts of murder in connection with the deaths. In the natural state of Arkansas, Tyson Foods is a behemoth. Of course, this company known for its chicken products. Well, they've got a new CEO, Noel White. And this week, this brand new CEO's home in Fayetteville caught fire near the Blessing Golf Course in Fayetteville. And fire trucks had to come out and respond to this blaze. And uh, that same morning, he was announced that he was taking over as CEO at the end of September. I don't know what the damage ended up being at Noel White's home in Fayetteville, but the CEO of Tyson Foods is home, and it looks like a very nice home in northwest Arkansas, catching fire this week. The University of Tennessee's president has announced he's going to retire. Joe DiPietro is going to retire in 2019, but he's actually going to leave Knoxville early as he'll be stepping down from active service on November 21st to use his remaining vacation time. DePietro is UT's 25th president, and he's led the University of Tennessee system since January of 2011. He serves as the CEO of University of Tennessee in its campuses in Knoxville, Chattanooga, and Martin.
the Health Science Center in Memphis, and the Statewide Institute of Agriculture and the Institute of Public Service. So UT looking for a new president after Joe DiPietro will be moving on in 2019. Now more higher education news from the state of Tennessee. The Memphis cheerleaders, the Tiger cheerleaders from the University of Memphis, well, they did something they shouldn't have done. They posed with Senate candidate and current Congresswoman Marsha Blackburn this week. And as a result of a video posted of the cheerleaders with Blackburn before a football game at the Liberty Bowl, all saying Tigers for Marsha, 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 well, they're in trouble because they shouldn't have done that. And that was bad judgment by the cheerleaders and bad judgment by Bart Blackburn for getting in front of a camera and having the cheerleaders say such a thing. A university like the University of Memphis is not in the business of endorsing any political candidate. The U of M released a statement after the video received backlash on social media. That statement read, The athletics office was notified that pictures of the University of Memphis spirit squads were posted on political social media sites. U of M spirit squads do not endorse any candidates for political office in accordance with U of M policies. Political organizers were contacted to remove any and all posts suggesting endorsement by the University of Memphis. So Marsha Blackburn getting the help of some cheerleaders, and she's in a she's in a real fight. She needs all the cheers, cheering and support she can get because some polls say she's trailing in Tennessee in her effort to become senator, and she's trailing behind former Governor Phil Bredesen, the Democratic nominee. Could Tennessee elect a Democratic senator? It's going to be a tough fight for Blackburn, and this Nashville area congresswoman is in the mix, even getting cheerleaders to do things they shouldn't be doing in her effort to be elected. Well, in the city of New Orleans on Monday, a lot of people lost power. 7,500 people in the Big Easy went dark on Monday around 9.30 in the morning. Then the culprit, the reason for this, a cat got stuck in a substation in a energy company's substation and this cat's nine lives went kaput, and this caused a massive outage in the Big Easy, an outage that I think lasted for about two hours. Now, it's not totally uncommon for squirrels and other small animals to get in these substations, but for a cat to get in was quite a different story. So sad news for the cat, good news for the citizens of the Big Easy. Their power is back on, and uh, they're they're hopefully going to try to keep those cats from causing more mayhem in New Orleans. Now, the Emmy Awards were held last night. Maybe you tuned in and saw it on television. Betty White, first of all, I saw the portion she was honored, and this legendary actress came out and was so thankful and just a, a beautiful tribute to her. And she wasn't too wordy, but this woman is, what is she, close to 90 or in her early 90s now? And she just did a, a very, very beautiful thing appreciating all of the support from the crowd there in Los Angeles at the Emmy Awards. Winners included from the Outstanding Drama Series category, Game of Thrones. Winner in the Outstanding Comedy Series, The Marvelous Mrs. Meisel. Outstanding Limited Series winner, The Assassination of Gianni Versace. Outstanding Variety Talk Series, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. I don't know why the Y'all Show wasn't in there. Outstanding Variety Sketch Series, Saturday Night Live. Outstanding Reality Competition Series winner, RuPaul's 
drag race. And let's throw out an individual winner. Outstanding lead actor in a comedy series went to Bill Hader in Barry. He won that Emmy. And why not another one as we saw a little bit of an upset. Outstanding lead actress in a limited series or TV movie. Regina King in the series Seven Seconds, which, oddly enough, this series has already been canceled. It's not even going to be continuing. So I don't know how she beat out people like Laura Dern and Jessica Biel. Michelle Dockery was in that category. But Regina King won that at last night's Emmy Awards in Tinseltown. Well, that will wrap up our headlines for today's Y'all Show. But again, we got a lot coming up. We're going to turn the page to political talk. That's up next. We'll have Howie Morgan, the political strategist, come on and we'll get his take on the modern climate in the South right now with the primary season over with and you've got the general election in November. How will the Republicans fare in the midterms? Howie's going to weigh in. And before the hour's up, we're going to hear Howie in a panel that was held last week in Mississippi where he was on the Morning Joe show. And there's several people chiming in about Trump and the effect in Mississippi and the South. And we're going to hear that before we get out of here this hour one of today's Y'all Show. So stay right there. The Y'all Show will return. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I should have done this years ago. Disclaimer, traveling back in time is physically impossible unless you know how to build a functioning time machine. Then by all means, travel 25 years back in time, switch your car insurance to GEICO. You could save a bunch of money. While you're there, please prevent your younger self from wearing that sleeveless tuxedo t-shirt, parachute pants, and glitter high tops to your senior prom. And at long last, rectify this horrible crime against nature. GEICO is absolved of all liability if you destroy the fabric of time and space. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. That is a pretty good breakfast. You're not even eating. Not ever. Why not? What's up? Kath and I knew that Jenny had been partying a bit. Found out she tried heroin. Most people don't know what to say about drugs, but we do. Visit us at drugfree.org. A message from the Partnership for Drug-Free Kids, where families find answers. I'm glad you asked Cause I know more about that than I want to And I'll share it with you 
If you don't work things out And save your love somehow You'll know it then What it's like at the bitter end First comes a downpour Unemotional uproar Hey, welcome back to Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Our telephone number here on the program is 803 816 1-170-803-816-1170. You can call. You can text. We welcome any feedback here, good, bad, or indifferent. On the Y'all Show, we talk all kinds of things. We talk news. We talk politics. We talk food. We talk sports. And going back to that second aspect, we said politics. Well, right now on the program, we're going to bring on Howie Morgan of the Election Impact Group. Howie has been working on political campaigns for two decades, actually now three decades, since the 90s is when he got started. Marsha Blackburn actually was really his first major campaign, and he got Marsha Blackburn elected in Tennessee in a congressional race. And now, as we just heard in the previous segment, she is running for U.S. Senator in the state of Tennessee. But how he's worked with her, he's worked with Governor Mike Huckabee in his presidential effort, and he's worked on campaigns all over the country. And Howie was our first guest here on the Y'all Show when we started back in June. He's a great friend of mine, and you know we, we clash at times, but we, we also kiss and make up <laughs> and have a, a good time at it. But Howie's a good, good Southern boy from Vicksburg. Well, we're going to have him on a show this week called Hotty Toddy Hotline. That is our sister show that covers all things Ole Miss. You can go to crmsports.com and listen to the show, or go to Hotty Toddy Hotline in Apple iTunes and get the free download of the entire show for this week and all of the shows. We've been doing that show since 2005, so it's 14 years old now, Hotty Toddy Hotline. Howie was on that show this week with A.C. Roberts, the host of Hotty Toddy Hotline, and they talked a lot about Rebel football, which, frankly, after you get beat 62-7 to to Alabama, not much to talk about, which is why AC had Howie come on the show this week and kind of have a countermeasure to football talk, where they do talk a little football, of which we're not going to listen to that part today on this show. But if you want to hear Howie's take on what's going on with Matt Luke's Rebel football team, go to Hotty Toddy Hotline in Apple Podcast and hear all about it, plus hear AC's take on what's going on with the Land Sharks. But AC did bring Howie on, and they talked some politics, and I thought it would be very appropriate for us here on the Y'all Show to hear what Howie has to say about the midterm elections coming up in November, how that's going, how will the Republicans fare. And we're going to hear that now, and then in the next segment after a break, we're going to hear Howie mixed in with a bunch of other people in Oxford, Mississippi this past Friday when they were on a focus group that was featured on MSNBC's Morning Joe as that show broadcast from Oxford last week. You may have seen that. Joe Scarborough, Mr. Alabama Crimson Tide, went to see the big Alabama-Mississippi Landshark game, and Howie was there with that group. And we'll have that in the next segment. But right now, here's Howie talking with A.C. Roberts on the Hotty Toddy Hotline about the political climate in Mississippi and the rest of the country. The Republicans could probably, hopefully, salvage the Senate, but the numbers that I'm seeing right now all across the country are very uh, distressing for anybody who is truly involved in the political campaign world. It is, uh, you know, the 
the energy and enthusiasm that I see among Democrats of all stripes in all areas of our nation, they are just geared up and fired up and want to come out and vote. And unfortunately, with the balkanization of our media these days, a lot of people on both sides of the aisle only get their information from one news source. And for the Republicans, it is a they all watch Fox News and they're saying, hey, it's going to be a red wave. It's going to be a red wave. Well, and no one at the NRCC, the RNC or NRSC believes any of that. And we're afraid that our our side of the, team, the aisle is not going to be very enthusiastic about it. Whereas, meanwhile, on the other side, they recognize that they have all kinds of momentum. Uh, they are running up against the Republicans who control the presidency, the House and the Senate. And, and they don't want that to, to continue. Yeah. So it's going to be a battle royale and all across America. Uh, it looks like the I, I would be shocked if the Democrats did not take the House. The Senate is a different deal, a different animal all the way together. We were, it was actually the most favorable climate. Seriously, right now, it is the most favorable climate for Republicans in the U.S. Senate since 1930. And so we really think that we or thought that we were going to be able to take over a lot of the, uh, the the Senate seats that Trump won in states. I mean, Trump won in 10 states yeah. where Democrats currently have the, have the, the Senate seat. And unfortunately, right now, the news talks about Trump, Trump, Trump instead of the positive economy news right. about about you know the, the great job rates we have. Uh, all the good news that's out there, people are happy with the tax breaks and how much home income they have. But the problem is no one's talking about that. Uh, they're, they're, they're hearing all kinds of chaos and controversy up in Washington, D.C. with President Trump. And quite frankly, the president can't stop tweeting. Yeah. And it's, it's ruining his message and, and, and the message the Republicans really want to send. So unless something changes. Looks like it's going to be probably a. A little bit yeah. of gain there, but and that could just really just bottle things up. You know how that goes when the the uh, the houses are mixed. It's just usually nothing it, happens. And, and I'm going to caution people also about one thing. Don't forget, it's not about the election or election day. In many states, they're going to begin early voting in just two weeks. Ooh. Two weeks, and it's going to be it's going to be too late. You're you're not going to have Arizona, for instance. I've worked on campaigns there many times. They have as much as 90% of their people will vote before Election Day. Hmm. Uh, other states are similarly as high, uh, with more and more people every year doing early voting, voting by mail, etc. So everybody thinks, oh, well, we can change things in, in 30 days. Well, sorry, you may have two weeks, yeah. and it's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens. And, it, and in Mississippi, well, we may have a, a battle royale that continues. Yeah. Don't forget, we have a special election, mm. and we have Mike Espy, you have Chris McDaniel, and you have Cindy Hyde-Smith running, and Ole Miss fans, of course, all know uh, Chris McDaniel. Uh, he's one of us, and he's running up against uh, uh, another Republican and a Democrat, so I, I don't know how that's going to come into play and see how that will end up, but it's sure going to be a runoff uh, several weeks after the November midterm election so all eyes will most likely be on mississippi yep. uh, after the november 6th elections 
Yeah, and because of that, you know, uh, you had a chance to join the MSNBC panel and uh, just kind of set up that weekend. You know, it, when Ole Miss and uh, Alabama play, uh, certainly in Oxford, it becomes just a real media spectacle. SEC Nation Game Day was there, ESPN, you know, primetime game, and you had a chance to uh, to set on some of the MSNBC panels. Tell us about that. Well, Joe Scarborough, former congressman, Republican congressman out of, out of uh, Pensacola, is a big Alabama fan. Yeah. And so he somehow convinced MSNBC to give him a free day trip <laughs> to Oxford so he can watch Ole Miss play, uh, play his uh, Crimson Tide. And so he brought his entire show down here and worked with some of the academic programs at Ole Miss and was able to bring some panels and, and structure to the to town. I was lucky enough to be to be asked to be on a panel, more of like a focus group, kind of a question and answer period yeah. where there was no debate. It was just, what do you think? And mm-hmm. And it was a lot of fun that we did it uh, the Thursday before the Friday broadcast uh, with some of the other Old Miss friends who were there, and it was uh, a lot of fun and very enjoyable. And it was it was an interesting uh, opportunity for to listen to hear some you know pro-Trump Republicans, some Republicans who weren't fans of Trump, as well as some Democrats as well, and just kind of get a feel for what they thought uh, about some of the more current events. Political consultant Howie Morgan on the Hotty Toddy Hotline, talking there with A.C. Roberts. And again, Hotty Toddy Hotline, the all Ole Miss Mississippi Land Shark Show that we've been producing here in our company since 2005. You can go into Apple iTunes and find that thing. It's free download. or You may be able to hear it on a station in the Magnolia State if you're lucky. Or you can go to crmsports.com and, and not only listen to that show, but all of the CRM Sports shows that are being produced this football season. Well, we'll hear more of Howie after the timeout. When we come back, Howie was a guest on MSNBC's Morning Joe last week, and we'll hear Howie mixed in with some other people in Oxford, Mississippi that were on a panel hosted by Joe Scarborough of Morning Joe, and we'll hear all of that talk about Trump and Republican politics in Mississippi and the South. That's ahead on the Y'all Show. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Offer lasts for 90 days from air date. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Gift card offer valid only for new customers applying for a personal loan. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Medical bills, credit card bills, auto loan bills. Oh, no. Are you stressed trying to get your bills paid each month? Wouldn't it be a huge relief to make just one simple payment? Get that relief today with a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Avant is an online leading platform that has rescued hundreds of thousands of Americans struggling with the stress of high interest debt. That could save you money, simplify your life, and erase all that stress. The application is quick, and you could have the money you need as soon as the next business day if approved by 4.30 Central Time, Monday through Friday. And now get a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your rates and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 1818 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 1818. You know, as an allergy sufferer, you're wired differently. I sure feel that way. That's why there's Nasacort. It's different, too. You see, unlike antihistamines, Nasacort targets and inhibits more of the allergic inflammation that causes your congestion and other nasal allergy symptoms. My antihistamine doesn't do that? None of them do. Oh, that is different. And it's why Nasacort's more effective at giving you 24-hour relief. So even if I'm wired differently... Nasacort stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed.
This is the Y'all Show. Talk with a political accent. John Rawl, your host here, and we are going to continue talking a little Republican, Democratic, and independent talk here in this final segment of Hour One. And we heard in the previous segment Howie Morgan of the Election Impact Group, Howie, a political strategist for three decades now, and a friend of the program, a friend of mine, first guest on the Y'all Show back in June when we kicked this thing off. Well, Howie got the call from the big leagues last week. He's moved on from the Y'all Show. And on Friday of last week, Howie appeared on the MSNBC show Morning Joe. And Mr. Morgan was on there last week with Mr. Alabama Crimson Tide himself, Joe Scarborough, and his fiance Mika Brzezinski, and Vanderbilt alum Willie Geist also made his way to Lafayette County for this broadcast on the square. And we're going to hear this trio of New York-based people in Oxford talking to Howie, but also roughly five or six other people you'll hear voices from that were a combination of Trump voters in 2016. You have two Clinton voters, and you have a Johnson voter, who is Howie, actually. Howie didn't vote for Trump. Shame on him. He should be exported from the South right now. I'm going to go find him. But this is an interesting group because it probably reflects most of the South right now and the feelings about what's going on, not only with the president, but Republicans in general and the political mood of the South right now from all aspects. And there, here's a little taste of that focus group from Morning Joe. Howie, what's the president's best quality, worst quality? I think like others have said, it's the fact that he believes wholly in himself and what he can do but I would also argue that that is his worst quality as well, because so many times that he's he is ill-informed and he refuses to seek out counsel. Who, whether it's being a lawyer or an engineer or anybody else, he refuses to listen to them and what they have to bring to the table. And a lot of times throughout his history, he's shown he had that good go hire lawyers for the people to mop up his mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's a why would we have to have a mistake with the president? You can't make a mistake when you're president of the United States. His yeah. best quality, yeah. deception. That's as high as I can go. Okay. So it's deception uh, because, you know, for example, when you look at the economy, and he's taking uh, credit for the economy, we know that uh, when Obama inherited his economy, it was we were in a recession, and over time we were emerging out of that or evolving out of that uh, recession. And so now, uh, you know, Donald John Trump is taking credit for us being where we are, and that's deception. You like that middle name of his, Yes, his, his worst quality is um, division. Division. Divisiveness. From the MSNBC Morning Joe from Friday of last week, that was Howie Morgan. You might have heard Joe Scarborough even call him Howie there in Howie's setup to talk about the political climate of Mississippi and the southeast and the nation. And we appreciate uh, Howie coming on our programming this week and going on MSNBC, giving us something to, to listen in on here on the Y'all Show in our political spotlight. Hopefully you all enjoyed that. Not oftentimes do we pull in audio from MSNBC here on this program, but I do appreciate them going to the South, taking their show on the road. And, of course, Scarborough was able to mix in a little political political stuff with football, of course. But we'll we'll take that. You know, the South welcomes all. And Scarborough, former congressman from northwest Florida, representing the Pensacola area. I'm sure he enjoys being back in the Dixie as much as possible. 
said that he even lived in Meridian, Mississippi. I did not know that on that broadcast. So that was, again, from Morning Joe on MSNBC. I want to thank them for allowing us to air that here on today's Y'all Show. Well, we have a lot more coming up in Hour 2 of the day's program. When you come back with us, we're going to look at sports, NFL news, but we're going to talk a lot of college stuff in Hour 2, and we'll focus on some of the smaller schools as they have got some good stuff going on from Troy beating Nebraska to other programs out there that you need to be paying attention to. Who is going to be the UCF of 2018? Could it be UCF? Well, Lane Kiffin actually had a comment about the Knights this week that was kind of humorous. We'll tell you all about it. That's ahead in hour two. Plus, we've got the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue stopping by, Matt Hermans. He's going to talk grilling, and he's going to find some great barbecue spots in the South that you don't want to miss out on. That's ahead on the Y'all Show. That is a pretty good breakfast. You're not even eating. Not ever. Why not? What's up? Kath and I knew that Jenny had been partying a bit. Found out she tried heroin. Most people don't know what to say about drugs, but we do. Visit us at drugfree.org. A message from the Partnership for Drug-Free Kids, where families find answers. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than $0.02 per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. Ready or not, the Y'all Show is back for another hour on the Tuesday edition. John Rawl, your host. Thank you for listening to this show. That On Twitter, you can find us at Y'all Show. Y-A-L-L-S-H-O-W. And oh boy, are we glad that you joined us here for this second hour of a Tuesday, y'all. We've got plenty of good food talk coming up, so... If you haven't had a snack yet, you might want to grab one in this segment so you don't totally go out of your mind when Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue, comes on to give us some grilling tips. He always has some really good, yummy ideas. And then the fun continues with Matt as he tells us about some unbelievable places to go in the Southland for good barbecue and other tasty entrees, too. But usually... It's barbecue that's kind of the common thread with Mr. Hermans. <laughs> and we'll be bringing him on momentarily. We got him over there on the side of the stage, and he's he's ready to jump out here and get in front of the audience with his microphone, his big old bodacious barbecue microphone. But, Matt, just just hold off over there. Just just just, just settle down, big guy. We'll get you on first. We've got to talk some football here on the Y'all Show. Hopefully you don't mind if we talk a little gridiron before we get into grilling and we and matt loves his football 
and his team won this past weekend, so kudos to you, sir. Let's talk NFL to start with, and then we'll move over to what's important, which is college football. On Monday Night Football, the Chicago Bears were able to hold off the Seattle Seahawks 24-17, a pick six was a big part of the win for the Monsters of the Midway. So the Bears get a victory on MNF. The Thursday night game in NFL action this week has the New York Jets going to Cleveland to take on the 0-1-1 Cleveland Browns. Can Cleveland actually win a football game? Well, they blew it in week one. They really blew it in week two at the Superdome in New Orleans. And now going back to the friendly shores of Lake Erie, can they actually win a home game against a Jets team that looked so good against Detroit in week one and then was demolished at home by the Dolphins in week two? Should be worth watching. That'll be on the NFL Network Thursday night. Jets and the, what do they call it, Dog Pound? Do they have another kind of, the Dogs of Cleveland, I guess? But yeah, the Browns. And the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Thursday night football this weekend. And, of course, Sunday, plenty of good stuff coming your way. Arkansas is a long way from being an NFL team, but they do have an NFL connection. If you actually tuned in to see their game against North Texas this past weekend, a game they lost in convincing form by like 30 points they lost to the Mean Green of Texas. One of the Arkansas backup quarterbacks is freshman John Stephen Jones, who is the grandson of former Arkansas Razorback Jerry Jones and, of course, owner of the Dallas Cowboys. And Grandpa was in Fayetteville this past weekend to see his grandson play, and he got to see his alma mater get embarrassed by North Texas. The Maybe the worst loss Arkansas had to a team nowhere close to their level since the uh, 1992 when a team called the Citadel Bulldogs beat Arkansas in week one of the 1992 season and Jack Crow, head coach of the Hawks, was fired the very next day after losing that first game of the season to the mighty Citadel Bulldogs. Well, it wasn't maybe quite as embarrassing to lose to North Texas as they are an FBS program, but still, North Texas put a hurting on the Razorbacks and Chad Morris decided that he's going to go to junior quarterback Ty Story to start for the Razorbacks when they take on number 9 Auburn at Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday night. Of course, Auburn fell at the last second to LSU this past weekend. Story is a quarterback from Charleston, Arkansas, and he's had very limited time. He actually started a game earlier this year, probably the game they had against Eastern Illinois. I think they played them. And that's where he started. But he's not seen much action at all. But they're in a desperate time in Fayetteville right now. And they're, the, the sink is shipping. Now, diehard Razorback fans will believe that this is not necessarily Chad Morris's fault. It's the Belima effect still lingering within the program. But there's no excuse for any SEC team to be beaten by 30 points at home to a team out of Conference USA, and that's what happened this past weekend. You know, upsets happen. I get it. Last year we saw Sunbelt Conference member Troy go to LSU and, and win and give Troy credit. They were the better team that night. They won, but they didn't win by 30 points. 
Arkansas, it was embarrassing what happened. And I remember just two years ago, maybe three, but somewhere between two and three years ago, North Texas got beat by about 50 points at home to FCS member Portland State. Portland State, you probably never even heard of Portland State. They went all the way to Denton and faced off against UNT, and they beat the Eagles by about 50 points. Go look it up. A complete embarrassment. And lo and behold, in 2018, the Mean Green, they are flipping the script, and they go into Reynolds Razorback Stadium and get a humongous win for that program. And as a result, Arkansas, Coach Morris, switching quarterbacks to Ty Story, who hopes to write a new story for Arkansas fans. And maybe Arkansas will pull off the same magic that LSU did at Jordan-Hare Stadium this Saturday and get an upset and make people forget about the disaster that was the loss to UNT, as well as the week before when Arkansas lost to mighty Mountain West Conference member Colorado State. Even Florida beat Colorado State, for goodness sake. Lane Kiffin, coach of the Florida Atlantic Owls, former coach of the USC Trojans and, of course, former Oakland Raiders coach, and the people in East Tennessee and throughout the Volunteer State know him for his one-year gig on Rocky Top, leading the Vols to a pretty good season, all things considered, compared to what else has gone on in Rocky Top world over the last 15, 20 years. They're longing for a day like what Lane Kiffin had back on Rocky Top 10 years ago. Well, his Owls play UCF this weekend, and now the head coach says that playing UCF this weekend, he says, quote, height, weight, speed, the players, the size of the guys, it's like playing an SEC opponent. Well, it might be kind of insulting to UCF because UCF, the last time they suited up against an SEC team, the Auburn Tigers, they won. They won the Peach Bowl and arguably the national championship. In fact, UCF has not lost a game since the 2016 Cure Bowl against the mighty Red Wolf Indians of Arkansas State. And now, the Knights have the longest winning streak in the entire country. What a great job at UCF. And, of course, Scott Frost abandoned them to go to Lincoln to be the head coach of the Cornhuskers. And now they have a different coaching staff in Orlando, but... Lane Kiffing now getting ready to face off against UCF, and I guess he knows a little bit about the SEC as he not only coached at Tennessee the one year, but he played or he coached at Alabama under Saban as an offensive coordinator in recent years, and he says that UCF is kind of like an SEC program. Remember, the University of Central Florida, the last time I checked, is the second largest university in the entire country. It actually might be the biggest school, now that I think of it, well north of 50,000 students at that school. So you think with 50,000 students enrolled, yeah, you probably have a pretty good team. You probably got a lot of a lot of people that could be better than most SEC programs when you got that many students. And they are a legitimate brick-and-mortar school. They're not some online institution like the, the Penman. Do you know who the Penman are? That would be... 
Southern New Hampshire University. You might have seen their ads on TV. They actually do have athletic programs at, in, at SNHU, and their nickname is the Penman. Pretty neat name. Not quite as good as the Knights or the, the Owls of Florida Atlantic, but yeah. Lane Kiffin getting ready to take on UCF in the Battle of Florida. In fact, you might have seen on social media, if you're a college football fan, someone's got something out there, and I know I'll butcher it. It has a ranking of all of the college football programs in Florida right now based on success. And I think UCF's number one. They got like UCF, number two might be, it might be USF. Number three would be Florida, maybe. And number four is someone like Stetson's got a non-scholarship program there. Stetson's in there. But at the very bottom, and it's like way, way, way down, is Florida State. Florida State. And there's some truth to that. Florida State may be the worst football team in all of Florida right now. Who knows? It might be the worst team in all of college football. Even Baylor, which has been horrible at least has some life going on in their program. Duke, my goodness, Duke's 3-0. and So Florida State needs to get its act together. They barely escaped Samford two weeks ago. That's the only win they've had thus far at the TP. Now moving on to other group of five slash FCS football news from throughout Dixie. How about the Troy Trojans? They did go to Nebraska. They did win 24-19. Now, remember, Troy in Week 1 lost at home to Boise State big time, 56-20, rebounded against the Rattlers of FAMU, 59-7 in Week 2, and then went on the road to Lincoln and got that big win over the Cornhuskers by five points. And as a result, Neil Brown's team in back-to-back years has knocked off Power 5 conferences as they beat Nebraska this year from the Big Ten, and, of course, winning last year in Baton Rouge against LSU. Now, I don't bet, so some of this is a little bit Greek to me when I mention this, but I will say what I found in looking up Troy's start this year. If you were a betting person and you put a parlay last weekend, a $100 parlay on Troy, BYU, and Temple, you would have been paid more than $32,000 if you would have picked Troy. And I may be butchering this because I'm not a betting person. I don't know what the actual bet was. I guess if you took Troy and you took BYU and you took Temple, you would be the owner of $32,000 right now. Troy defeated Lincoln, Nebraska's Cornhuskers. BYU defeated Madison, Wisconsin's Wisconsin Badgers. And Temple went to College Park and beat the Maryland Terps. Maryland, which knocked off Texas to start the season. And Texas beat USC over the weekend. Congrats to the Horns on that. But those three teams all embarrassing the Big Ten this past weekend. Which is not the best of days for the Big Ten. However, Ohio State did beat TCU. So some love for that feat. And that that was a pretty good win for the Big Ten. But the other teams blew it, including... Terry Bowden, we've got to give him plenty of love on the show. As his team, the Akron Zips, went in to Northwestern and defeated the Wildcats on Saturday night. And that was the first win. I think I, I don't want to butcher this, but I think I read this right. That's the first win Akron had had over 
a team from the Big Ten since the 1890s. That's a long time ago. And old Terry Bowden still after it. And a great win for the Bowden family as he gets a win over a Power 5 team in Northwestern. But, again, back to Troy. Neil Brownstein getting the win. And Troy, as a result, goes to 2-1 and one on the season. Looking at the standings of some of our Group of Five conferences in the Southland, UCF, again, continues to dominate the AAC. They've got a, a good lead in the East Division. However, the Bearcats of Cincinnati are also doing well. They're 3-0 and alongside USF. The Bulls 3-0 and on the west side of the ledger in the AAC. The Midshipmen of Navy and Houston both sport 2-1 and records. And Navy's already got a conference win as they knocked off the Memphis Tigers in week two of the season. Moving on to other Group of Five news from the Southland. In the Conference USA standings, the 49ers of Charlotte, they had a big win over Old Dominion last weekend in a game they moved up a little bit because of Hurricane Florence coming into the Carolinas. And the 49ers are at 2-1 and one overall, and that conference win makes them 1-0 in CUSA's East Division. The Florida International Golden Panthers are 1-0 in the CUSA East Division. In the West, those mean green of North Texas are 3-0. They haven't started conference play yet. Louisiana Tech also unbeaten at this point, 2-0 on the season. UAB had a big win at Legion Field over the weekend as they knocked off Tulane in a very close game for the Blazers, but still the program that was pretty much reinvented in 2017 they are 2-1 and one right now in the standings of Conference USA. Independent-wise, from the South, the Liberty Flames are 1-1. One one. They're the only true Southern team. We'll go ahead and give Army some love. The Knights are 2-1. and one. They did get a win this past weekend over Hawaii. That could have been a loss for them. But in West Point, New York, the Knights able to pull off the win against Hawaii. Another conference in the South that we want to focus on from a standpoint of the group of five, the Sunbelt Conference. And right now, Coastal Carolina has a 2-1 and one mark alongside Georgia Southern and those Troy Trojans on the Sunbelt East Division. West side, South Alabama got a big conference win, as we told you on Monday's Y'all Show, as they got a victory over Texas State in Mobile to start conference play. The Red Wolves of Arkansas State and the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe are 2-1 and one and those two teams have not yet started conference play, and that's what's going on from a group of five standpoint in the southeast. In FCS action to pass along here on the Y'all Show, first want to tell you this bit of news that came out Monday. The coach of the South Dakota State Jackrabbits has now apologized for running the score up against UAPB. Arkansas Pine Bluff played the Jackrabbits in Brookings, South Dakota over the weekend, and the final score... SDSU set a school record with a 90-6 win in this FCS game with 926 yards of total offense for the Jackrabbits. The Jackrabbits have been a very good college football team in recent years going to the playoffs. And UAPB out of the SWAT Conference goes to South Dakota State and gets blasted 90-6. SDSU football coach John Steigermager apologized saying you should have been more respectful toward UAPB. And that is what happened there, 90-6. to six. Not quite Cumberland, Georgia Tech. Still, probably should have taken it a little bit easier on those visitors from 
Arkansas Pine Bluff. Taking a moment here to look at the FCS College Football Coaches Poll, the North Dakota State Bison still lead the FCS with the number one ranking. Of course, this is a team that's won about five or six national championships in the last seven years. And the Bison took down North Alabama. The Lions went out to the Fargo Dome this past weekend and were defeated 38-7. to James Madison is number two in the FCS coaches poll. They won 73-7 to over Robert Morris last weekend. They've got rival William and Mary coming in to Harrisburg, Virginia this coming weekend. Other teams of note in the FCS coaches poll, those North Carolina A&T Aggies, you know, this team that beat Jacksonville State as well as East Carolina. They are 3-0, and they're number four in the FCS coaches poll. The Owls of Kennesaw State are number five. They took down Alabama State. The Hornets went in to Kennesaw this past weekend and lost 62-13. to Kennesaw plays nearby Clark Atlanta in a game this weekend. The Terriers of Wofford looked impressive in a road trip to the Wyoming Cowboys this past weekend, but they fell just short 17-14 for their first loss of the year. Wofford is off this weekend. The Terriers are 2-1 and one and tied for number 6 in the latest FCS coaches poll. The Gamecocks of Jacksonville State are number 9. The McNeese State Cowboys are 3-0, and, oh, and they are number 10 in the coaches poll. Fellow Southland Conference foe Sam Houston State is just behind the Cowboys as the Bearcats are number 11. They lost this past weekend to North Dakota 24-23 in a game played in Huntsville, Texas. Elon is 1-1 one and one and ranked number 12 in the country. The Central Arkansas Bears, after defeating southeastern Louisiana this past weekend, 33-25, they climbed up four spots. They're number 13 in the latest FCS coaches poll. The Sanford Bulldogs dropped eight spots in the poll as the SoCon Superpower lost at home to Mercer 30-24 this past weekend. Nickel State, which knocked off the Kansas Jayhawks to start the season, they lost their second game of the year this year. They lost to McNeese over the weekend. And now McNeese dropped six spots in the latest FCS coaches poll to number 18. The governors of Austin P are ranked 21. And that is a look at Southern teams in the FCS coaches poll. And here on the Sports Land Yacht each week, we're going to give our small schools, the group of five, the FCS programs, and more some love here. They play hard. They've got great football. And most of these games for these FCS teams, you can catch if you're a member of the ESPN Plus network. You can see so many more games, including a lot of this great small college football, which I put up there right with the big boys from a quality standpoint. And some of them knock off those big boys from time to time. Go ask Kansas how good FCS football. Go ask the East Carolina Pirates how good FCS football is in 2018. Well, we're going to go ask Matt Hearman's How Good Football and Growing and Barbecue is in the next segment. He's going to be our special guest, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. That's up next on the Y'all Show with your host, John Rawl. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. 
Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. As a small business owner, you make every dollar count. So what could you do with $10? Go to Vistaprint.com today and you'll get 500 high-quality custom business cards for only $9.99. That's less than two cents per card. And at Vistaprint, your satisfaction is absolutely guaranteed. So it's never been easier to turn 500 strangers into connections. Just visit Vistaprint.com and use promo code 1313 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1313. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I should have done this years ago. Disclaimer, traveling back in time is physically impossible unless you know how to build a functioning time machine. Then by all means, travel 25 years back in time, switch your car insurance to GEICO. You could save a bunch of money. While you're there, please prevent your younger self from wearing that sleeveless tuxedo t-shirt, parachute pants, and glitter high tops to your senior prom. And at long last, rectify this horrible crime against nature. GEICO is absolved of all liability if you destroy the fabric of time and space. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. That is a pretty good breakfast. You're not even eating. Not ever. Why not? What's up? Kath and I knew that Jenny had been partying a bit. Found out she tried heroin. Most people don't know what to say about drugs, but we do. Visit us at drugfree.org. A message from the Partnership for Drug-Free Kids, where families find answers. It's the Y'all Show, talk with the Southern Accent. Welcome back into this program that's all about the South. And when we think about the South, you can't help but think about the grill and a pig on that grill and much, much more. And that's why we go to the experts here on the program for no matter what the subject, we try to bring on our A-team. And here on the Y'all Show with John Rawl, we bring on Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue on a weekly basis to talk grilling and Q, and Matt, welcome into the Y'all Show. Hey, John, my favorite part of every week. How are you? <laughs> well, good. I'm glad that we are the highlight. And you know what? Let's be reciprocal here. You know, you're the highlight of our week, too. Well, that's fantastic. Look at that. Look at that. We ought to, Great just, way to... We ought to just head to the courthouse and get married. <laughs> I'm going to have to turn you down on that. I've already got a spouse, but hey. Appreciate the offer, man. Hey, I'm not talking about me personally. I'm talking about the show. You, the show, <laughs> and, and the barrister need to come together. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, we could do that. But while we're having fun, I just mentioned about how we love grilling here, and we like to put a pig on the grill. Matt, I got to give you props. One of your alma maters sure cooked the pig this past weekend, as the Arkansas Razorbacks went down to North Texas. How about the Eagles slash Mean Green? Yeah, the mean green. That's got to be the. Uh, that's got to be the biggest uh, win for North Texas, at least in my lifetime. Going into Fayetteville, I know Arkansas is not going to be a playoff contender or anything like that. But for North Texas to roll into Fayetteville in front of eighty thousand people and just absolutely 
destroy the Razorbacks. <laughs> it's pretty, uh, pretty, pretty amazing. Did they really uh, have? Did they really have eighty thousand people there at the game? They probably did, since it was well. They can fit eighty thousand, okay. or maybe seventy-seven. So I guess I'm rounding up. It's a pretty big stadium, and the crowd looked pretty full to me. But okay. I was uh, I was estimating, I guess. But, and this uh, was this big... was a game played at Reynolds Razorback Stadium. Remember, Arkansas plays always at least one, sometimes two games in Little Rock. But no, this one was right. on on the home campus. They only play one yeah. game in Little Rock this year, and that's against the Mississippi Land Sharks. Oh wow! You you threw me off when you said Mississippi Land Sharks. I was like, who is that? Yeah, well, um, yeah. yeah. Got to get with the program. It's twenty. That's true. Twenty eighteen. You baby. know what? That's true. You know what? Everything everything changes. Um, the funny thing, uh, and I, we were joking around. The funny thing about North Texas, if anybody's ever seen the movie Unnecessary Roughness, that is the uh, uh, North Texas is the Texas State Armadillos. <laughs> um, is that is that particular school where they filmed that? Uh, which is kind of hilarious. It's a kind of a, a, an old movie, but uh, yeah. funny reference. Help me out. I thought their name was Eagles, but they've got right on their jerseys Mean Green. I thought that was kind of an unaffectionate nickname for them, but they must be embracing it. What is the deal, Matt? Well, well, it's actually the opposite of that. So the Mean Green is the official uh, name, and the Eagles are kind of the uh, the former name that's still kind of used as well. But um, about – 30, well, 25 years ago, it officially became the Mean Green, and then it was, they have coexisted. The Eagles and the Mean Green have coexisted for a while, but the official name of the program is the North Texas Mean Green. Oh, okay. They're, they're kind of having yeah. a bird they have slash. an eagle on there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what throws me off. they got that Auburn identity crisis going on. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And they did a the little eagle talent that's kind of a hand symbol that. Ah. gets broken out every once in a while. I don't even know how many people know that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that was uh, the biggest win for them. I did spend a semester at uh, North Texas. <laughs> well, I'm uh, sure you're repping your North Texas UNT shirt right now on the Y'all Show. <laughs> sure. And under, sure, yeah, imagine that. Yeah. And we were picking on Auburn. Unlike North Texas winning on Saturday, the Tigers went down to the Baton Rouge Tigers at Jordan Harris Stadium, what a what a wild game that was! Yeah, that was. I had uh, I had probably uh, I thought Auburn was going to win that game, and I did up until <laughs> well for most of the game. And uh, yeah, that uh, that was a heck of a football game, especially at the end. LSU that's a big win. They've looked uh, they've looked pretty good this year. Um, yeah, it's hard. To, in fact, it's hard to hard. I'd be hard pressed to pick a a team that's got two better wins at this point, to be completely honest. Yeah. But uh, they've looked pretty They look pretty good. I thought they – I didn't think they were going to win that game. But, uh, you know, everybody watched the last part of it. It was worth, worth the wait. Matt, before we get into barbecue talk, you are our Big 12 connection. A lot of people saying Oklahoma can't be stopped. They look pretty impressive going to Iowa State this weekend and, and winning. What's your thoughts on what's going on in Norman? Yeah, I would say uh, I would hold off and on crowning them Big Twelve champ yet. They certainly look uh, they look pretty good. Kyler Murray has looked very good. Um, Iowa State's actually a very tough place to play. Most yeah. people would not think that, but that's a that's a big rowdy place. They fill it up every time. It's a it's a, you know not a team that you think of as being a powerhouse. It's tough to go in there and and win, and they did. Um, uh, and actually a decent football game. But, yeah, Oklahoma went in there and, and win. 
and won the game, never really in doubt. Uh, they look great. Um, I still think West Virginia is, is a very good football team as well. I will be, uh, of course, Big 12 is the only conference that, that everybody plays everybody. That's kind of their thing. So we will definitely get to see every team play every team. And I think West Virginia, Oklahoma could, could turn out to be a heck of a game. Where uh, is Oklahoma that game? State, it's going to be in Morgantown, okay. uh, which, which makes it uh, even more interesting. But, uh, you know, Oklahoma State, is, is a, they looked very good just crushing Boise. And I thought Boise was a pretty good football team, but they went into Stillwater and got destroyed, essentially. Uh, so they're an unknown quantity at this point as well, although it's kind of coming into into focus. So, um, uh, yeah, it's I would say Oklahoma is certainly the favorite right now, but you've got a few uh, – teams out there that are kind of coming into focus and, and i'd like to see i want to see where that goes before crowning them all right well we'll try to get your big 12 insight uh, from time to time here on the program if you don't mind is that asking too much Absolutely. not at all okay. I, i'll talk you have to shut me up how about that okay sounds good hey you mentioned a word while ago when you were talking about north texas that i i just have to ask as a guy who spent some time on the other side of the sabine river in the state of Texas, you mentioned the word armadillo. Is armadillo something you can actually eat and le- eat it you le- know, legally? You, you can you can eat it. Um, nobody does. It's kind of a nasty creature. I've seen it done before, basically on TV. But you've got to clean the thing. You've got to. Okay. Um, you've got to really, really cook it. It's not something that anybody who doesn't absolutely have to eat it okay. would want to eat. I know they do it in Mexico. I know they do it in Mexico, okay. but uh, they have different uh, different uh, food regulations uh, down there. But uh, it's kind of a nasty creature. I know I've never, uh, I've never, never heard of it being eaten Is anywhere it, that, that I've been. Would you relate it to kind of like a possum with a shell? Is that what an armadillo is? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's not a bad explanation. It's kind of that level of of kind of scavenger and and, and things like that. It, it eats whatever it can, and it, it's got little bugs all over it and mites that get up under Ooh. its skin. It's just a, isn't it? They're nasty. Okay. <laughs> well, there was a country music band back in the '90s called Smoking Armadillos that had some mild success, yeah. and I just was always I wondering remember that. if if that was something that people, especially in Texas and on the border. If that was a delicacy or not. What is the most disgusting thing that you've actually put up on the grill and devoured? Ooh, the most disgusting thing I've ever put on the grill. Well, because, I will tell you that. Because when you put it on the grill, it. grill and cook it, it kind of doesn't become quite so nasty. So go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So I will I will tell you that this is a meat that I, I enjoy. Uh, but if you overcook alligator at all, it becomes inedible, inedible. So, um, yeah, I've done it a couple times. I've done alligator tail meat um, and cooked properly. It's it's good. I like it. Uh, it's kind of in between, I would say, pork and chicken with kind of a unique texture. But, man, if you overcook it, and I have before, uh, if you overcook alligator, I mean, you might as well bite into uh, a Michelin tire. I mean, okay. It, it, I was wondering what bad. you meant by inedible. Was it because of the taste it's so bad or is just too, too yeah, rough? It just, it just seizes up. It's a very lean meat and, and it can be incredibly chewy and it can be chewy like nothing you've ever, you've ever experienced. Um, I, I, so cooked properly, it's a cool meat to cook and it is delicious. 
but overcooked, yeah, you can't, you can almost not even get it down. It's like chewing on uh, uh, never-ending bubble gum. So uh, that's probably the worst, <laughs> probably the worst thing I've ever done, and that was the first time I did it. So I learned a lesson pretty quick. You ever thought about cooking a Nutra? No, you know that we do. We have those up here, and of course they're in Louisiana, all over the place. That's another creature that, as far as I'm concerned, that's a giant rat. I don't want any part of that thing either. I'm sure you can eat it like a beaver or a, you know a big giant squirrel. It's a rodent, but the way those things live and the things they eat and the place the place that they like <laughs> to camp out. I mean, again, that's one of those creatures. Unless I have to eat it. I don't think I'm going to do All that. Right, well, I think most people who live around here would probably say the same. I understand, and we're not going to make you do something quite yet. However, if stranded <laughs> on a deserted island, which you do live on an island, if that ever becomes uh, stranded and you're stranded there, perhaps a neutral wouldn't be that bad of an option. We're talking with Matt Hermans on the Y'all Show, our barbecue report from Mr. Hermans. We're going to go to a timeout, come back from the break, and actually talk about things that we all can eat, that, that we actually enjoy eating and they don't taste like a Michelin tire when we sink our teeth into it. That's coming up next as Matt's got a state that we're going to focus on and go to some barbecue places within that state. Or is it a Commonwealth? We'll tell you when we come back on the Y'all Show. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Rates and terms vary based on credit history. Offer lasts for 90 days from air date. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Gift card offer valid only for new customers applying for a personal loan. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. Medical bills, credit card bills, auto loan bills. Oh, no. Are you stressed trying to get your bills paid each month? Wouldn't it be a huge relief to make just one simple payment? Get that relief today with a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Avant is an online leading platform that has rescued hundreds of thousands of Americans struggling with the stress of high interest debt. That could save you money, simplify your life, and erase all that stress. The application is quick, and you could have the money you need as soon as the next business day if approved by 4.30 Central Time, Monday through Friday. And now get a $50 Amazon.com gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your rates and to get this special radio offer, go to Avant.com today and enter promo code 1818 when applying. That's A-V-A-N-T.com, promo code 1818. You know, as an allergy sufferer, you're wired differently. I sure feel that way. That's why there's Nasacort. It's different, too. You see, unlike antihistamines, Nasacort targets and inhibits more of the allergic inflammation that causes your congestion and other nasal allergy symptoms. My antihistamine doesn't do that? None of them do. Oh, that is different. And it's why Nasacort's more effective at giving you 24-hour relief. So even if I'm wired differently... Nasacort stops more of what makes you miserable. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I'm as happy as a clam. Disclaimer, GEICO cannot guarantee you will be, quote, as happy as a clam, unquote. The GEICO legal team cannot accurately verify clams even experience the complex human emotional state known as happiness. As an invertebrate mollusk living half-submerged on the ocean floor, with no arms, legs, or wireless access, what's there to be happy about? A clam's all like, oh, I'm so happy I didn't get turned into New England clam chowder today, pronounced regionally as chowder, chowder. Oh, that's so fun to say. What were we talking about again? GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. We got 24 tall boys on the chill. Yeah, 14 of them's mine. 
segment of today's Y'all Show, the Tuesday edition with your host, John Rawl. Our number, 803-816-1170. If you want to text me here on the program, glad to answer your questions. Or perhaps you have a question or suggestion for our special guest, Matt Hermans, the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. 803-816-1170 is how you can reach both of us here on the program. Well, we've talked about cooking armadillos and Nutra. Now... Let's let somebody else do the cooking. We're going to bring Matt on to talk about some places that he's picked out from our Southland of where we might ought to plan our next getaway, our next choice to go to and taste the cuisine of that area. And Matt, what we got this week, sir? Well, John, I figured uh, we would go to a very interesting place, at least to me, and I think a very unique uh, little barbecue area, and that's Western Kentucky, basically centered around the town of Owensboro. Um, and the reason I, I think it's cool and unique is because essentially uh, Western Kentucky is the only place in the southern United States that cooks uh, old sheep, which is mutton, um, which essentially means a sheep that's older than a lamb. So uh, that, this is the only place that really does that, and I find it to be incredibly interesting. Have you ever had mutton? I have not. I've never had a sheep. And I'm not trying to be sheepish about it. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't either until until uh, heading up heading up that way. And of course, that's I think people when you think of Western Kentucky, and I know they do everything else, and they do they do beef, and they do pork, and they do ribs, and they do chicken uh, as well. Uh, but when you think of that particular area, I think people who are really into barbecue, you think of mutton because no one else does it. All right, let me so, let me ask you this question before we get yes, too sir. scientific here. What is the difference between a regular sheep and an old sheep that becomes a mutton? What makes the difference? Well, I, I should I said old sheep uh, kind of uh, messing around. You generally don't want a sheep that's terribly old. But most people who cook that particular animal, and I'm not necessarily talking about barbecue. I'm just talking about general cuisine. You cook a lamb. It's always a lamb, which, of course, is a young sheep um, that is still uh, on the bottle and not eating grass. So once the... Once the lamb gets older and gets mature, when you think about the type of sheep that has the uh, that gets sheared that we make um, you know wool sweaters out of, that's a fully grown sheep. If you ate that sheep, that would be mutton. That is a sheep that's fully grown and eating grass in the field. That's mutton, and that tastes a lot different than lamb. And that's what they cook in, in Western Kentucky. Does that make sense? You know, it's starting to come clear now. Owensboro is right on the <laughs> Ohio River, so I don't know if it's because of the influence coming from across the other side of, I guess it's Indiana is on the other side of Owensboro. I don't yeah, know. Evansville, yeah. And, 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 of course, Illinois, or rather Ohio, is not all that far upstream technically from Owensboro, but I don't know if that's the reason for this, but what a very, very unique thing you've pulled out here this week to talk about mutton on the Y'all Show. Yeah. But that's why we have you here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I that's a good. That's a, that's something I need to research. Is where it comes from. It could be that there's a lot of sheep raised over there, but that would be speculation on my part. Either way, there's a couple. There's there's multiple famous places. There's a couple places that I think have a couple uh, kind of interesting things about them. And we'll talk about the first one, which is the Moonlight Barbecue Inn, and that's probably. There's a couple places in Owensboro, but that's that's one that that really gets a lot of play and gets a lot of, uh, I guess, media attention. 
those of us and those who are listening have ever had lamb, lamb is delicious, but lamb has a specific type of flavor that you'll recognize as lamb. If you multiply that by, by three or four as the sheep gets older, that's kind of a, you can imagine kind of the specific taste the mutton has. It's gamey, it's interesting. So the, the, the cool thing about, I guess it's a necessary thing, but the cool thing about the way they do it at Moonlight is they cook the, uh, they cook the animal um, in pieces, like uh, they call it a shoulder, but it's essentially it's very different than a pork shoulder. They put cook it for a long period of time, hickory wood, just like you would a, por- a pork or beef. Uh, then they shred it, and then they cook it uh, a little bit longer in a pot. Um, and I think this, what this does is kind of tame the, the flavor a little bit. So it's kind of cooked twice, and then you basically get it kind of like a pulled pork or a shredded uh, chopped beef. Um, and it is very interesting. It's very interesting flavor. There's nothing really tastes like it. Um, I hesitate to call it a barnyard flavor, but maybe a, uh, maybe reminiscent of like a hay flavor. It's, it's very unique. You can get it on a bun. You can get it by itself. It's just kind of shredded up that way. There is, there are people who eat it, um, it's like a hawk or a shank and things like that. I've never had it that way, but. Um, it is something to be experienced. It, it certainly would be an acquired taste, but the process that goes through to making it taste that way is, is so intense that it's kind of a labor of love, I think. But um, the, the other interesting thing about Moonlight, aside from, of course, they have ribs, and those are those are good, and they have chicken, and they have uh, pulled pork as well, which are fine. Um, those are kind of done in a traditional way, um, you know, with some sweet barbecue sauce and smoked over hickory. Uh, but the interesting thing is they serve the barbecue cafeteria style, um, which is interesting to me. Coming from Texas and essentially Memphis, the other place that I spent most of my time, it doesn't really work like that. You don't get cafeteria style barbecue. I know parts of the country they do that. I think in uh, even parts of South Carolina you can get cafeteria style barbecue, and you would be able to tell us that. But that's another interesting thing that I thought was a little out of the ordinary, but that's just my perspective. All right. Well, good research there. Matt Herman's. Yeah. By, by the way, how about this? I don't know what you're doing in May, but Matt, since we're going to be an item from here on out, the Y'all Show and the Barrister, <laughs> we need to go to Owensboro because it is the home of the International Barbecue Festival. How about that? Wow! So, so wow. That's a that's a pretty fancy name. That's certainly uh that sounds huge, and I would I would love to go. Shoot, I'd do that. I'd go to another barbecue festival every weekend. If well, I could, this is but. this is the international barbecue festival, and wow. Owensboro is known. Get this as the barbecue capital of the world. <laughs> wow, wow, that's impressive. I, I did not know that. You got to watch out. From what I hear, you got to watch out for the team from Thailand. They make a a, a mean okay. uh, pork shoulder at the international. Um, I just made that up, but the other place, uh, the other the other place, I'll make a quick stop is the Old Hickory, um, which is another famous place in in Owensboro. They also serve uh, mutton in a similar fashion. Um, they also serve everything else that that you would imagine the the pork and the, uh, they do a brisket as well, chopped and sliced chicken, um, also cooked uh, hickory wood. Um, they have a nice sweet tangy kind of barbecue sauce as well. Kind of kind of straight um, straight down the middle barbecue, if you will, and of course you can get your, your sheep as well. They also have a full menu, catfish and everything else. It's a big old restaurant. The cool thing I thought about Old Hickory is that um, I got something that I'd never had before, which is called burgoo. Um, have you ever heard of burgoo, John? Uh, I've heard of ragu, but not burgoo. 
Me too. Yeah, I didn't know. Well, I didn't know what it was either. I come from the land of gumbo, and I'm very familiar with gumbo. But burgoo is a is a stew. I guess the stew is the right way to put it. It's kind of a thick stew full of vegetables, typically lima beans, corn, carrots. There's really uh, there's a lot of options you can put in there. But then they put meat in. And the great thing about eating burgoo at the barbecue restaurant, they put some of the barbecue meat in there. You get that smoke flavor, and it's very thick. It's kind of hard to describe, but it's it's just basically a thick stew with the meat and a uh, kind of a brown, uh, you know, sauce uh, as a liquid. Um, yeah, I would say uh, it's kind of a stew with some smoked meat in it, and that's kind of a Kentucky uh, specialty from what I can understand, at least Western Kentucky. So uh, the name's kind of funny, but uh, it's just a thick, hearty stew with a little bit of smoked meat in there that I think is kind of unique to Kentucky. So, um I've had burgoo. I may never have it again, but I had it that time, <laughs> and uh, it, it's it's cool. It's a unique one of those regional dishes that you you want to try when you're in a place that has kind of a specialty like that. So, give the burgoo a shot if you're ever at the Old Hickory, and enjoy some some nice mature sheep meat <laughs> if you're in Owensboro. That would be my advice to you. Also known as mutton, I love the name. Right. And- and Owensboro's got a couple of mutton lovers that come from there. How about this? You talk about the International Barbecue Festival. Well, some names that are known internationally are natives of Owensboro, Kentucky. Johnny Depp, how about that? Carol Brady oh. from the Brady Bunch. Florence Henderson, the late actress. That is her hometown. And from the world of NASCAR, DW, Daryl Waltrip and Michael Waltrip are both natives of Owensboro, Kentucky. So, Owensboro, Kentucky, they do barbecue, and they do mutton barbecue, and they do famous people. That's what Owensboro does. I think that means if you eat enough mutton, you will become either very, very fast or very, very famous. <laughs> I think that's the, les- the lesson we've learned today. And that's what DW does better than anybody. He's fast and famous. How about that? That's, that's right. That's right. All right. Well, Matt Hearman's great insight on our spotlight of Owensboro, Kentucky, and mutton. And you've earned your paycheck today. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll await it in the mail, my man. All right. It's heading that way, Matt Hearman. We'll get, right. get back with you next week. Well, that'll put an end to today's Y'all Show with your host, John Raw. We appreciate you tuning in and appreciate Mr. Hearman's there and all of our other great insight that we had on today's Y'all program, including analysis from Howie Morgan in Hour 1. We'll be back here on Wednesday to talk all things South, and our special guest will be Karen Waldrop, rising country music singer from Nashville, and we'll have a great interview with her and a sample of some of her awesome music, as well as a report from Music Row and Precious Harris on the Wednesday Y'all. You don't want to miss it. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. I'm John Rawls signing off. We'll see you tomorrow. Ah, the sounds of summer. And this is the sound of summer skin being scratched because of the itching and irritation of what the season can bring. You need the fast relief of Cortisone 10 Intensive Healing Anti-Itch Cream. Unlike regular lotions, Cortisone 10 relieves itch and irritation with 1% hydrocortisone, the strongest non-prescription itch medicine, plus seven healing moisturizers. Cortisone 10 makes summer sound fun again. Cortisone 10. Feel the heal. Use as directed. I just saved hundreds of dollars by switching to GEICO. I should have done this years ago. 
Disclaimer, traveling back in time is physically impossible unless you know how to build a functioning time machine. Then by all means, travel 25 years back in time, switch your car insurance to GEICO. You could save a bunch of money. While you're there, please prevent your younger self from wearing that sleeveless tuxedo t-shirt, parachute pants, and glitter high tops to your senior prom. And at long last, rectify this horrible crime against nature. GEICO is absolved of all liability if you destroy the fabric of time and space. GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.